Welcome to our journey. Our journey toward a more perfect union. Our more perfect union is an experiment, a grand experiment in something we all cherish, democracy. Welcome to our Radio Roundtable with higher education consultant, Dr. Michael Walker-Jones, Harvard's Executive Director for Health and Human Rights, Dr. Natalie Alinos, and from Beacon Hill, Representative Jeff Roy, as we the people celebrate the journey of America toward a more perfect union. Welcome to A More Perfect Union. I'm Nick Remesong. Joining me this week from our roundtable of regulars, we have Harvard's Executive Director for Health and Human Services, Dr. Natalie Alinos. Yay. Yes. From Beacon Hill, our representative, Jeff Roy. How are you, Jeff? Yay. <laughs> Doing fantastic. Uh, good to be back. Uh, yes. do, do folks miss us? Are you getting a lot of mail I... at the studio saying, where are they? <laughs> yes. Just bags full. Bags filled. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of bags full, we have our station manager, Peter J. Yay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tentatively J. Tentatively yay. All right. Well, we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit here today. We've kind of agreed on a topic. Uh, uh, what what makes this different from any other day? We mix I know, it up every I know. time. I, hey. I, like, I like to think that we're a formal uh, gathering, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I, I, I tend to fool myself. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the... Something that uh, Peter actually brought up is the kind of running joke that's been going on for years of none of the above and how that's kind of come home to uh, rather sting uh, someone uh, out there. In the there, was act, there was actually a song written for voting about none of the above. And no, now really. it has now it has actually happened. Um, yeah, I guess I just stepping back from all this a little bit and looking at it from on high, the 50,000 foot overview. Rewinding eight years, going all the way back to the 2016 election after mm -hmm. Trump was elected, and at the same time, David Letterman had just retired, and he summed it up simply, I have just made a big mistake, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that the next four years would have been ripe fodder. And, and so the bottom line is, we live in a time when it appears that Hollywood writers can't keep up some days. And... It isn't that Nikki Haley isn't qualified or whatever. And mm. sadly, what happened, uh, having both an election and a caucus, really set in place the circumstances for none of the above, which was most unfortunate. But yeah, it really happened. And it's one of the many quirks that we're seeing. So here we have a candidate on one side who's clearly leading the pack and in the end may still not be able to become the president, depending upon how the law falls. And on the other side, we have a candidate where increasingly more and more people are concerned uh, about his ability to to uh, hold office for the next four years. And strange times we live in. They are indeed. You know, it's it's interesting. If we're going to talk about this none of the above, I just. Uh... I, I felt the need to uh, look it up, and and my good friends at Wikipedia say it's a ballot option in some jurisdictions or organizations. And I want you to listen to the list of places that uh, actually do this: Argentina, Belarus, Belgium, Bulgaria, 
Canada, Colombia, Natalia, you'll appreciate that Greece does this. France, India, Indonesia, Mongolia, the Netherlands, North Korea, Norway, Peru, Spain, Kazakhstan, Sweden, Switzerland, Uruguay, and the U.S. state of Nevada. <laughs> well, how's that? <laughs> wow. Russia abolished it as an option in 2006. Oh, how dare you? Shocker, shocker. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Is it an option separate from a blank? Like, can you? Yes. Yes. Like, so it's it's. It's a written in, option. In the state of Nevada, it is a written option on the ballot that you can you can vote for none of the above. And that's what happened to Nikki Haley uh, the other yeah, 30 day. Points. To, be, to be honest, yeah. I, I like that option. I mean, I, I, I will talk about Nikki Haley separately, but as a conceptual <laughs> thing, having given me this list, it is a way to sort of document your displeasure in a way that is not... You know, oh, did they forget to complete this uh, section of the ballot or they didn't they didn't know they didn't have enough evidence about, you know, sometimes you go down the ballot and at the end you're like, oh, I'm voting on this role that I have no idea about. OK, I think I should probably leave this blank because I wouldn't be able to make an informed decision. But the consciously selecting that I have thought about this and chosen that none of the above, you know, I, I do like it philosophically. That's what I'm going to say now for Nikki Haley. And, you know, again, as the only women woman on this panel, I do think. Being a woman in politics is really hard. I think there's a lot of sexism that happens and Trump, you know, plays that out day in and day out and attacks her for many of her, you know, identities, whether it's, um, you know, her racial, ethnic sort of identity and, and her gender. And so part of me is is very troubled by those results, you know, from a how do we get new candidates, women, women of color to run for office with whatever, you know, affiliation. but. Um, yeah, anyways, just wanted to to share that thinking. Well, the uh, great uh, voters in the state of California uh, wanted to test uh, this as an option in 1998. Uh, they had Proposition 23, where they titled it the None of the Above Act, and uh, they put the measure to the ballot in March of 2000, but uh, it was defeated 64% to 36%. And... Uh, those are the only, so Nevada and California are the only two that uh, we know for United States that have tried it. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if it would actually encourage people to show up at the polls. I, I think mm -hmm. when um, I view the, um, the act of not voting and staying home as somewhat of an indication of none of the candidates uh it's certainly a measure of uh, of apathy mm -hmm. um, but you know that's one way to do it and, and blanks is certainly uh another way to do it and you they do count the blanks uh, on all the ballots in massachusetts so i'm not sure that the option is not there uh, whether it has to be spelled out um, i'll tell you my quarrel with it would be uh, me as a candidate in order to get my name on that ballot. There are certain requirements that I have to go through, and that means going out and collecting a sufficient number of signatures to get the nomination to have my name on the ballot. Uh, none of the above doesn't have to do any of that. It's a free ride. I would say, yeah, that's uh, look at if I have to do all this work, none of the above uh, should do the same amount of work. How's that? There should there should be a bunch of people backing the notion of actually putting that on a given ballot. 
That would yeah. be none of mm-hmm. that would be an interesting one. Now, I would yeah. also offer this. We're talking about apathy, which you know you just brought up, and you know, potentially having the none of the above checkoff box might encourage people to use it, uh, call it a protest or whatever. But I do believe this. I believe that when you step into the voting booth, when you when you take the time to go out into the weather or whatever, and you show up, or even if you vote early, you know, conveniently, your vote is your franchise. And I ask the question whether it is a wise decision to vote for none of the above or to seriously consider all of the candidates or both of the candidates, depending on, and really take apart the good and the badness of each and go with your vote falling to the lesser of two evils. If you want to call it the lesser of two evils, at least you're voting in a direction that you believe in. And that seems to be the highest and best use of the franchise. I don't think people saying, well, I'm just not going to vote or or leaving it blank or whatever is the highest and best use of, of the franchise. That's, But that uh, what Dennis Miller says, that's just me. I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good point, Pete. Um, but I do think that if you're trying to shift directions, right, and you're saying mm-hmm. neither of these candidates represent me, and I'm now changing the topic. You know, I, yeah. I think it's happening when we're thinking about Michigan and what's happening in, you know, the Middle East and whether Biden, if there's going to be a protest of, you know, especially Arab American Democrats right. who decide not to vote, you know, a lot of us would say this is really a bad idea because Trump will be worse on, you know, those issues. But if they're basically saying the issues of, you know, Muslims or the concerns of Arab Americans have never been you know, a priority for either party. And we're not going to vote to make a statement so that future candidates, you know, mm-hmm. like I could see some logic there in their thinking, even though I may personally disagree that, you know, you're playing a long game that in this election, it's kind of political, it's, you know, political suicide, or it's actually going against your self-interest. But if you're trying to shift an entire um, sort of notion of like, which votes matter and how do they matter, then maybe some of those, may, maybe strat- strategically, some people do make those decisions. I really actually am curious what Jeff thinks about, about that sort of strategically staying out of a, a race and you know it will, you'll suffer for four years, but you think that that would send a message. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, when uh, I wish uh, voters did what Pete had suggested and really study the candidates and study the issues, and make a uh, choice based on that. Um, but I unfortunately believe that uh, many voters go in and, and, and vote their gut, uh, vote mm-hmm. a name that they're familiar with. Um, and it's a small minority of voters who actually do their homework. But the more important thing is when people go in to vote, they're making a choice of who is going to lead on a particular issue. Mm-hmm. And saying that none of these candidates is who you want to lead, I think is a, a grave mistake and a, and a grave message uh, to send to anyone. These are the choices you have, okay? And like it or not, you as uh, the public, as the government, you participated in nominating this person to be on the ballot. That came up and the if you don't like it, right, right. And if you don't like that choice, 
I suggest you go home and you look in the mirror because that's who you have to blame. If you don't like the choices that are on the ballot, why don't you put your name on the ballot? Why don't you stand up and run? These people have put their names on that ballot. They have stood up and said, I'm willing to lead in this particular position. And uh, to, to vote none of the above, I think, is a sign of weakness. It's a sign of true apathy. And, you know, I, I think it's a horrible way to send a message. There are so many ways to send a message. You can go to the polls and you can hold signs. You can uh, go on a, a radio show and rail against a, a particular candidate. You can stand up on the public square and rail. You can go to uh, the state house and and do a rally out on the front steps, walk through the building confront uh, the the people who are in those positions. There are so many opportunities for people to make their position known. And I hate to give uh, an, a, an option like none of the above because it's so lazy to take that option. I'm sorry, I cannot, cannot give uh, any credence or credibility to that as an option. Did, did I tell you how I felt? Yikes! Yikes! Yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I... How do you really? How do you really feel? Don't be vague here. Let's, <laughs> yeah. you know, let, let, let's cut to the chase. Uh, I want to. I want to also just while we're at it, I want to talk about motivations because Jeff, you had talked about you know voting with their gut, and I want to flesh that out a little bit more. Here's a new concept that a lot of people don't know about: Q and FAM ratings. Well, gee, what's that, Pete? Tell us more. I'd be happy to. Glad you asked. The Q and FAM ratings are what celebrities have. Michael J. Fox, Gwyneth Paltrow, Pete, you you're, name the celebrity. You're aging yourself. I feel like they're not, they're, right. they're celebrities. Well, from Taylor from Swift. Swift. Taylor there Swift. you go. There you go. Now you've Q, and, Q and FAM rating through the roof. Hey, can you get rating. me an endorsement from uh, Taylor Swift? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're I'm work up for on election. That. In, in 2024, you have anybody who knows her? Do you know? I mentioned, uh, the I mentioned those people, by the way, because of the fact that Michael J. Fox had, in his heyday, the highest Q rating on record, likability. FAM rating was also through the roof. So FAM is about how many people actually know you and say, yeah, I know you. And, and by the way, know you, you know, reasonably correctly as a celebrity. They know you, they know a little bit about what you did, they've heard your name, and so on. Then the fam rating is how they feel about you. That's a key phrase, how they feel about you. Do they like you? Saying like you is a thinner way of saying how they feel about you. And here again, Michael J. Fox through the roof. And I mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow also because she ushered in a new era of not only being a celebrity, but building a business around celebrity. Mm -hmm. And so part of that idea, and now we see it all the time, celebrities having side businesses and uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, a side business of tequila. Ryan Reynolds also started uh, a mobile uh, telephone company, all based upon where he stood in, in the public psyche. Uh, so celebrities are finding their way to turn that celebrity into cash and value, working with these numbers. Q and FAM ratings mean a lot also, but I don't see that politicians pay attention to them. 
because it it's of Hollywood, not of Washington. Well, I think um, the great debate that the Republicans are concerned that Joe Biden might get endorsed by Taylor Swift. Well, that's uh, it. Right is there. certainly indicative that this is uh, a huge issue, and you know, people do seek out the celebrity, do seek out to get in Absolutely. photographs with the celebrity, and in this uh, thought that it might help you. And I'll tell you, uh, look at as uh, as politicians, uh, we look for endorsements from uh, key players or. Or individual leaders in the community, leaders mm-hmm. in the state, um, you know, uh, organizations and groups. So I'll, I'll share a funny one with you. It, it, it actually, I, I don't. It's not terribly humorous, but uh, <laughs> given my position now, I, I'm the chair of telecommunications, utilities, and energy. I do all the climate change and energy work uh, for the for the house. I, I I lead on that issue, and I got that position in 2021. Uh-huh. In in it was either 2018 or 2020. I can't remember the year, but I had sought the endorsement of the Sierra Club. Okay, and the uh-huh. Sierra Club did not give me an endorsement. Now, I, I, I what was were like, they thinking? <laughs> I, I, exactly. I'm like I lead um, a you weren't rustic life, enough for them. <laughs> I, I lead a life dedicated to to these topics. I've driven an electric vehicle since 2012. I rode the commuter rail for 28 years every day. I I do everything to protect the climate. Uh-huh. And uh and but and I asked them I said, "How could you not give me the endorsement?" Oh. And their explanation was, "Well, you didn't sign off sign on to enough of our bills." And I said, "Are you kidding me?" I said, "Why don't you take the opportunity to get to know your candidates?" rather than relying on some foolish notion that because I didn't sign on to your bills, I said, do you know that as a practice, I don't sign on to many bills at all because the bill that is originally filed doesn't look like what comes out at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So where my endorsement is important is on that final vote when it uh, passes uh, on the House floor. So you didn't you didn't take the opportunity to get to know me and therefore you, I, I think that was a flawed uh, uh, endorsement and all of a sudden I become the chair of this committee and who wants to meet with me the Sierra Club and I said I have no interest in meeting with you you had no interest in getting to know me why do I want to get to know you I don't care about your priorities and and it was about two years I would I refused to meet with them because I said, you people are lazy. You mm. don't get to know your candidates. You take a foolish way to uh, consider your endorsements. And I don't have time for that crap. And, I want to uh, point I, out, I'll by the way, them. that the reason the Sierra Club didn't endorse you is that you did not assemble a carefully staged photograph of you on the front porch of a log cabin in rustic repose mm-hmm. with an American <laughs> flag hanging down next to the front door. And a good that's, old dog right next to you, and, and that smells rustic to me. I, I, and, I you know, the red barn in the you, background, Jeff. and the windmill churning away. So I got an old know, dog. Let's, I'm gonna let's uh, let's do it. All these groups will change topic, but you know the groups, including ELM, that I know is uh, you know that are doing environmental kind of from the outside. They may make mistakes. They're often 
as you know, Jeff. Yes, but you know what? ELM yeah. has people like you on the board who get yeah. to know your candidates, who do yeah. their homework. And I did get endorsed by ELM. Oh, you in, did. In that year. Did. Just <laughs> yeah, sure and I'm like. We're doing this like because I, uh, for for Pete and Nick who don't know this, I chair the board of ELM that endorses. Me. So I want to make sure that I did not put Jeff up to like go against Sierra Club or <laughs> publicly. And I want to say no, that I love ELM. The more groups that do environmental um, sort of pushing from the outside, the better it is for our um, Commonwealth to have you know leaders like Jeff Roy on on this agenda. So, uh, but Taylor Swift. I mean, it is. Uh, let's, uh-huh. let's go. But to your point, so I want to go ahead. Like, I did want to ask you. I mean, candidates do. There is polling of candidates. Like ability. I I didn't know this. I didn't have money in my campaign. But somebody else who polled did reach out to me and say, you know, you're you're good. You you don't have not that many people know you, but the people who know you really really like you, and nobody dislikes you. I guess they they do the right. two ends. Yes. You know, you don't have extremes negatives. Nobody who knows you has extreme negatives. And they said, you know, you really need to be getting people to know you because you don't, um, you know, somebody called me a mensch on the campaign. And I think they meant it very kindly. So, you know, generally, that's a positive connotation. Yeah. Yeah. Positive connotation. Know that that would be, you know, ascribed to me. But I think Jeff and other leaders do. I don't know, Jeff, do you poll? Do you have a sense of how likable versus unlikable you are? What your what is it? Q Q and Fams. Q and his Q and Fams are through the roof across yeah. the entirety of the zip codes that he represents. <laughs> you know, it's funny is uh, I've done one poll in my entire years in the legislature, and I I think it was in 2018, only because I was told that I was not doing well in the race, and I said. I am just not seeing that. I am on the street. I am at the doors and I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, well, you know, we have the poll results and and this is what they're showing. So I actually uh, hired a company to do a poll. And sure enough, uh, the race was a lot closer than I had thought, according to that poll. But uh, then the guy said, but don't take any... uh, insult from this poll because it's called a push poll. And what it happens is people uh, answer the phone and then they push buttons. Well, the only people who are answering the phones are conservative people who have nothing else to do. And, uh, you know, they're doing this. So that that poll is stacked against you. You will be uh, hard pressed in that poll any time of day. But well, yeah, I, I think okay. I'm, but, I'm 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 sitting <laughs> home pushing buttons, and I'm, I wouldn't consider myself conservative. I mean, you know. Are you are you answering the phone? Are you kidding me? No, no, I don't. Uh, I, no, you're not I, answering I, the phone. No. So there's the first barrier. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no way. You yeah, know, if you all right, don't all right. Recognize all right. that number. You you hang up. But it, so I, I, yeah. I went on in that. Race I'm not that lonely and, yet. And <laughs> I crushed my opponent, and I said, "That's what I was seeing." Uh, on the streets. So polling, I I, I never do it because I, I don't think it's reliable. And, and I think the past elections, I mean, the polling in 2016 told us that Hillary Clinton was going to win in a landslide. How did that work out? Yeah, that was tight. All was going. Then the last 10 days, everything fell apart, thanks to the Mr. Comey. So she spent the last 10 days of her campaign in strong defense mode as though she was being litigated. And that was really unfortunate. It just spent all of her gunpowder 
And uh, well, so that's it, an interesting, and that gets to a point I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time for Taylor Swift to step up. Too soon. Oh. If you want to have an endorsement from somebody that matters like that and what she could do, she could do the opposite of what happened with James Comey. She could come forward two weeks before the national vote and really invest herself two weeks before the vote to get everybody out there, to bring in the crowds, to shift the gears, and two weeks would be a big enough window timed perfectly to make a major change. Also too, you're gonna to have polls at that time in mid-October that really indicate where things are and how to be able to go about tackling it. You know, be it the personalities, the issues, the status of both candidates or whatnot. So right now, I think it's a good idea that she just kind of sits on the shelf and watches what's going on. I mean, I think you're point, Pete, that timing really matters and we it don't does. know what happens between now, you know, wars and the economy and you know what happens like i feel like people's memory is not that long so two three right. six weeks is probably i don't know should be should be old news shop worn by the time you got to the general exactly i have to admit i i didn't even know taylor swift had all of a sudden become a player in the uh in oh, big presidential time. election oh big time oh my heavens well I mean, it's good in some ways. She was criticized for stepping up and being sort of more political because people said, you know, that's going to hurt your ratings. It's going to hurt your sales. And, you know, so I kind of admire that she, you know, okay. sort of yeah. advice and said, well, this matters. And I think she became more political around, you know, certain issues early on. So I don't, I have no idea what she's doing with this presidential election, but I think her saying that, you know, I have a platform, an audience, and I'm going to use it. Um, I think that's a, a good thing overall. You know, I mean, so so the, Spring, Springsteen been, has been doing that for several years. Oh, many. Yeah. Many candidates yeah. have done that. Yeah. Um, and many so, celebrities. Well, what I would do is, you know, in, in my perfect, entirely fictitious world, there would be a Travis Kelsey wedding, Taylor Swift wedding. <laughs> In lovely fall leaves. Who, who's Travis Kelsey? The, the, <laughs> Who is the, he? The ton, football? Ton, football guy. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, football. yeah no. I'm kidding. being yeah, sarcastic. And doing a Bang. fine job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have this October wedding, which looks absolutely lovely. And the fall leaves are everywhere. And it's an idyllic moment. And President Biden appreciates I was just, you beat me to the punchline. Exactly right. <laughs> Officiated by President Biden. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, she turns to camera and she says, I do endorse Joe Biden. Need <laughs> <laughs> a rim shot over here. Yeah, yeah, you get a rim shot, all right. <laughs> Remind me, you used to do... You used to do ads at some point because. Oh, yes. I, I was a commercial I, film director, writer. Well, all right. All right. So maybe we need to make sure that um, Joe Biden knows that you exist and you have this amazing vision. Jeff, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to run his stealth campaign. <laughs> so stealthy. Get, get some packed money. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the problem now with A.I. is, who oh. knows, you know, that could actually be staged for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to look pretty credible. We we live in strange times. All right. How are you going to wrap us up on this show, Pete? I mean, I feel like uh, the topics we've touched a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I just I just spent my big bullets, you know. 
Well, I was going to say a, a wedding officiated by President Biden. That's a wrap up. Be, that's, that's like a, that's like yeah. uh, wow. I'm I'm like still ready to move into this day. <laughs> yeah, you're feeling all it, right, right then. You're feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it big time. Since you're going to be running away and frolicking in the in the well the. That'll be as big as the Danny Tim yeah. wedding on the yeah. Tonight Show. Oh, Lord have mercy to Miss Vicky. My name wow, is none of the now. above. Remember me next time you vote. None <laughs> yes. of the above. That's right. Well, since there does seem to be uh, a, a desire to to split up and get out moving out there, that's fine. We will just call an end to this. So another more perfect union hour has flown by. Have we managed? Hour. Have we managed to completely destroy the gravitas of our topic? Well, I don't know. I think maybe what we did was we put a a light coating on it that makes it a bit more palatable. Uh, (laughs) No one needs to be reminded to hit over the head one more time that we're in some odd times. Yes. But, uh, well, we'll have to say goodbye until next week. Now, if you'd like to weigh in on our discussions, in particular this one, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at franklin.tv. That's I-N- F-O at franklin.tv. If you enjoyed our discussion, please let us know. Or if you disagree or you found the humor maybe a little bit uh, off to the side, just all the more reason to let us know. Now, you can also share or listen to this program or any of our past episodes anytime. Our podcast. And also remind them, Nick, please, if they do not appreciate anything, they can vote none of the above. <laughs> there you we're, go. We're going to beat that horse. <laughs> Our podcasts are available online at our website, WFPR.FM. So for our guests, our regulars, Dr. Natalia Linos, our representative on Beacon Hill, Jeff Roy, and our station manager, Peter J. And as always, (laughs) as always, our brilliant engineer, Keith Palmieri. I'm Nick Remesong, feeling somewhat uh, lifted. Let, let's put it that way. <laughs> Thanks for listening and joining our shared journey toward a more perfect union. This is Franklin Public Radio.